Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited to have another special guest here on Black Canvas in season seven. And I love having different types of artists, entrepreneurs, coaches, anyone who's doing something positive in the world. I love them to be on the show. And so I reached out to Mr. Drummond Culture and because I really love what he's doing in a community, what he's doing to help so many people around the world. And so he said he wanted to be on the show and we're just so glad to have him here. He is a self-empowerment coach who works with a wide range of clients to help them develop new mindsets, to help them achieve their goals in life. He has also been creating online content on all major social media platforms since 2008 for the LGBTQIA community to help educate and share his journey as a gay man. In 2020, when all his plans for collaborating with other content creators were canceled by the pandemic, he decided he needed to take a pivot and he started his live series on Instagram called Positive Talks, which helps spread positivity across the internet in a time when it was hard for us to find it in the world. He uses the series to bring people from all walks of life onto his show to allow them to share their stories with his audience in hopes that it will show people new perspectives. And we're just so grateful to have Mr. Drummond Culture on today's episode of Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out well, and I'm having excited. me. I, I love talking to new people and especially someone from around, you know, a different part of town that for me, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. So I love talking to people from all over the world. And so we're just glad to have you here. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a world of getting to know people from all over the parts of the world doing my show. And I've definitely enjoyed kind of hearing new perspectives. I, I've done a lot of moving myself. So just from the moves I've done around the United States, I realized that people live very differently, even here in the States, depending on where you grow up. That is 100% true. And I think that helps us as we continue to mature through life. When you get to talk to people and you hear different um, cultures and experiences and even when we talk about um, the age gaps with a lot of individuals, there's some people in their 50s and 60s that can learn a lot from a lot of our teens out here of just how they maybe weren't allowed to grow up and do things certain ways or just how we can experience life from a different purview. So I'm just glad, like I said, that you're here. But I do have some questions for you. So if you're ready, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. And I want you to give me the first response that comes to mind. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's go. All right. So the first one I have is, is, can you tell us about growing up in your hometown? And the second part of that question is if you had had to choose three people that could be either dead or alive that you respect the most as role models or exhibited qualities that you admired, who would those three people be? Awesome. Yeah. So I'll start with hometown. I grew up in a couple different places. I was born in Northern Virginia in Fairfax, and my dad was actually going to school at Virginia Tech. So we did a quick move back to Blacksburg after I lived up there in Northern Virginia for a little bit. And then when I turned seven, my family moved to our family farm where we restored an old farmhouse that was on our property to where my dad, my mom, and my two sisters and I could live. And that was in Amherst, Virginia, which is a very small rural farm 
county here in Virginia. And I pretty much grew up on a 1200 acre farm. So I'm definitely a country boy. Uh, I love the outdoors and just being able to run out into nature. I never got to do video games or anything like that growing up. Uh, anytime my mom was tired of us being kids around her, she'd just send us outside. So we always found creative ways to make use of our time on the farm. A lot of times it was taking long hikes on the mountains or just building dams in the creek, um, sometimes creating chaos for our family to uh, get upset about. But for the most part, we were pretty good. But jumping into role models, I would definitely say my number one would definitely be my granddad. He was just known by everyone as an extremely kind person. He always went out of his way to understand others that were different than him, which I believe really trickled down into the way I saw life as well. He grew up on the farm that we moved to and moved to New York City to be a doctor. So he was made fun of for his country accent up in New York City, but he was fascinated by the diversity that he met there because we didn't have that much diversity in Amherst, Virginia. So my granddad's fascination with other people uh, ignited his want to travel the world. He actually had this world map in his study that he actually would put pins in. It was like the size of an entire wall and he would put little pins everywhere to where he, he could show people where he had traveled to. And that's always been something that's inspired me to want to do traveling as well. Uh, second person would probably be my mom because she has been through a lot of really tough situations and has had a lot of people really betray her trust and heart. But my mom has always found a way to continue to show love to the world. And that's something that I've seen so many people lose uh, when they've been betrayed or hurt by others. They're, they really just lose their ability to show love and compassion for others. Um, and my mom goes forward in life, even to this day, with full trust of people. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I, I hope that that has been something that has been reflective in me as a person as well. And I would say the last person that has really been inspiring to me was my really close friend, Trey. Uh, he was someone who stuck by me through thick and thin. He always seemed to be a person that knew exactly when I needed someone to give me a call. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away uh, in a bad car accident, but it was a beautiful experience for me because even after he passed away and I went to his memorial service back in 2017, I connected with all the people that he touched in his lifetime. And we became like a family of people that we didn't know of each other's existence other than a few pictures we'd seen on his social media with different people. But since then, we've really been a connected family and we still kind of find ways to boost each other up and share the parts of Trey that we kind of have left within us 
from the journey we got to share with him. Thank you so much for sharing that, Drummond. Do you mind if we can dedicate this episode to Trey? I would love that. Okay, yeah, I would love to do that as well. Um, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Um, through Hurricane Katrina was one. Some people, friends that passed away. Um, and then my grandfather was definitely someone who meant the world to me. And next year is gonna be 20 years since he's passed. And when you lose someone, um, especially in unexpected circumstances, it can change you. It shifts you as a person. Um, but one thing I have learned in life is that you can surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. And so that's something that I try to do, surround myself with positive people who I feel I can connect with. And I feel like Trey, from what you're saying, has a lot of those, those facets and, and ways of thinking and his ability to, to build you up and to be there when you needed him. Um, and vice versa, I think it's such a great and warm um, thing that you mentioned. So I would love for us to dedicate it to Trey if that's okay. I am 100% down with that. Awesome. Well, you answered that perfectly. See, he already knows how this goes, you guys. He just, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about something really amazing, which is your show that you had um, positive talks. So can you tell us more about positive talks and what is your definition of self-empowerment? Yeah, so positive talks came about because my entire idea of where my life was going was uprooted by the pandemic. And I really just didn't know how to kind of move forward with ideas and plans that I had had. I was supposed to go to Europe. I was supposed to travel a lot of different places here in the United States and collaborate with people. My YouTube channel had really started kind of boosting me into the scene where other larger content creators were noticing me and wanting to work with me. And 2020 was supposed to be that year to kind of collaborate and do a lot of paid traveling by YouTube. And when that kind of got canceled, it was really hard for me to like say, okay, now what's next? And when it came to 2020, we know that the pandemic was one thing we were facing, but there were also very important social movements that were going on. And of course, it was an election year, which election year in the United States at this time in history is definitely something that creates a lot of divide. And I think that with us being socially separated because of the pandemic, with us only communicating through online messages and virtual uh, platforms, we've really became a very disconnected like world of people. And I knew that I wanted to create content that meant something and could do good in the world. And I was like, well, there's a lot of things going on and I can't pretend like this stuff isn't happening and just create content that aligns with things that I'd created in the past because I felt like anything I did that wasn't talking about what was currently going on would be a distraction from important things that needed to be spoken about. So I just said, what is something that can't negatively impact 
people. I don't want to step on toes. I don't want to feel like people like think that I'm distracting from things that are very important and need to be changed. So I just started reaching out to a couple of my close friends and I was like, Hey, would you be interested in just doing a live where we just kind of share our perspectives on how we keep a positive mindset, how we navigate through all this craziness. I had originally at the beginning of the pandemic got a couple of my friends to kind of create a inspiring YouTube video about what they're doing to kind of navigate the pandemic and spread a little hope. And some people shared some of their rougher times because people lost jobs, people lost loved ones. And then we just kind of created a message of hope. And so I was like, I could do that as a series. And I've known for a long time that my story will only touch, but so many people, there will only be so many people who will hear my story and be inspired by it. But when it comes to collaborating with others and bringing more people to one space, you can share so many more perspectives and stories and it got to the point where I was just looking for people who were just very different than me, who shared different aspects, who could inspire people through maybe career choices or chasing their dreams or fitness goals. And it just started to become this beautiful community of journeys that to this day still inspire me. And there are so many people that I reach out to on a regular basis through my positive talk series that just keep me in the right mindset when I need it. Cause I mean, the world doesn't seem to be short of trauma um, experiences for us to all go through here. And when it came to being a self-empowerment coach, I was kind of brought up in a family where I really thought that my power lied within the world around me. And it wasn't until I was taught that my power is within me and it's my choice to invoke that power and choose the life I want to live. And once I started doing that, which you have to start small and change your mindset slowly. And it's a long process that has taken me years to get there. But once I started living in that self-empowerment mindset, I started realizing that when I wanted something, I could get it because everything I needed was within me. And seeing others struggle with chasing things in the world around them instead of allowing themselves to be the powerful person that they can be and attract it into their life. I was just like, I want more people to be able to experience that. I want more people to walk through life feeling like they're enough, that they're the only thing that they need because there are so many people. And we've already talked about the losses we've experienced. And when you experience those types of loss, like it feels like you're kind of drained and the world is just taking from you. But when you kind of realize that the one thing that you need is you. And as long as you're alive and on this earth, you will always have that. It's a really empowering feeling. And 
I, that's my favorite moment is when I'm working with clients and I see that moment where it finally clicks because that's when like the magic starts happening. That's when they start creating the life that they have always said they wanted, but thought was so unobtainable. And as a coach like that is like the biggest prize there when you can kind of see someone finally get out of their head and remove those self-limiting beliefs. And you're like, there you go. You got it. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I love that drumming. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor, so I totally get that experience. Like you say, with coaching and if, when we have people who don't understand the investment in themselves. And like you said, it's important to kind of remember to speak your truth and to be able to share your experiences. And I always say, if you remember, if you're not speaking it out, then you're storing it. And when we store things, then it gets heavy. And a lot of times when we store a lot of our pain, our traumas, our experiences that we've gone through, um, a lot of times we don't know how it's affecting our mental state, our emotional, our spiritual um, well-being. And sometimes we end up actually dying at a certain age and we don't end up being buried into a later age. And so I always say in order to live, we have to know what we're living for, the reasons why we surround ourselves with that family or that chosen group of people who love and support you, but also just being aware of your thoughts and how your thoughts can dictate your actions and that we can still be that seed that grows, but that we can grow silently within ourselves until we're ready to speak. And when we share our experiences, then we can build stronger connections. So I love that you're able to help and guide so many people, but that's because you've done the work within yourself which makes it easier for you to be able to talk about self-defeating thoughts and automatic negative thinking. And we can turn it into positive automatic neutral thoughts, uh, which I think are important for us to grow. Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think that when we think we're hiding things, we don't realize how those things that we're hiding and we're running from actually create so many self-sabotaging behaviors that, literally creates exactly what we're afraid of happening just because that's where all of our energy is focused on is those thoughts. And when you're focused on your fears and things that you don't want, unfortunately, that's exactly what you start to attract into your life. And it's hard for people to kind of see it within themselves. I mean, even I have a therapist and a life coach and a business coach myself. So I think that it's really important to kind of have that outside perspective kind of there to kind of point out like, hey, like you're not getting the results you want. Let's kind of take a deep dive into some of these things so that we can kind of uncover what you're doing that's like scaring or pushing all of that away from what you are trying to get. And I think that's because a lot of people, the mask is easier to wear. And you're right about that. Sometimes it's hard to fall in love with the positive or best version of yourself because we sometimes don't know how to fall in love with taking care of ourselves. And so I, I do agree with that. I feel like being able to be honest and talk about it and share your experiences can help, but it's also about, like you said, having that support team around you. Um, a counselor needs a counselor. You know, your friends need someone from the outside to share their experience and say, hey, this is how I made it through this experience. It doesn't mean it's gonna work directly in conjunction with your life, but there may be nuggets or pieces or pockets of information that will work 
in your future or maybe work in the present. We just have to revise it for our own experience. So I love that we're getting into this discussion because I think a lot of times positive talks are hard to have when we're used to being in a negative framework. And so I think your show, which I had an opportunity to see, I think it's amazing to see that you've been able to touch so many people, but hopefully it will continue and we can start to see you expand it further where that connection will continue to build. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed is everyone is just a person. And I think that when we start to see each other as just people and take away all the labels and stuff that the world has put on us, like we're all seeking the same thing. Like no matter how many numbers you put behind someone's name, whether it's on social media or in their banking account, um, we're all just people wanting to connect with one another. And when you can create a space where someone feels unjudged, it's crazy how open people will be and how vulnerable people will be. I mean, my show started off with tons of people that were my friends and I just filmed my 227th episode yesterday and most of these people now are people that the only time we've ever spoke before the live is just through a few messages on Instagram to set the interview up. And people have messaged me and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you guys were friends. And I'm like, we just kind of met. And they're like, wow, you guys like talk like you've known each other forever. You've got so much trust and you're both so vulnerable with each other. And I think that once you create a space for that, like, like authenticity and vulnerability starts to thrive. And I think that that is the important thing. And I've found that even people with very, very different views than my own, we can sit there and have a beautiful conversation and share beautiful parts of ourselves. And I think that in the world we live in today, so often we don't give people that space because we have so many preconceived judgments of who that person is based upon what a whatever label we placed on them um, with the quick judgment of just looking at them. Wow. I mean, that's a, a huge testament to you. Not only the maturity that we have, you and I within ourselves, but I always say that is that people look at someone and they can have a judgment and it doesn't have to be negative, but we, we have our judgments and our thoughts. And a lot of it goes back to the way we've either grown up or our experiences or past traumas or hurts. And it's about, like you said, being authentic and saying, Hey, let me introduce myself to this person. Even if it's through a podcast or a live um, Instagram, or if it's through maybe calling someone and saying, hey, you know what, I, I read this or I saw this about you. And I just want to kind of get to know more about you as a human being. And I think that is so important to me whenever I reach out to guests or guests reach back out to me or someone has heard of the show. I'm like, I love that someone else thought enough to at least reach out and say, hey, this is something I'm interested in. Or let me learn more about this, because that's how we build genuine connections. And I always say, if this show ends tomorrow, you know, if I only touch one person and that person was able to listen to a guest or hear something that I've mentioned and it put a smile on their face or it allowed them to, to be able to be honest about something they've experienced or maybe to have a conversation with their mom or dad or a friend, 
about something they've been dealing with that maybe they felt ashamed about, then I feel like I have lived in my purpose. And that to me means more than anything. And so, yeah, I, I think numbers, you know, that never has been something as huge for me. It's good to talk about it, you know, in a positive light of never giving up on yourself and doing something that's important. But I never look at it as it has to be this, it has to be that, because then I lose the authentic part of the show. And then the guests that I will have on will not be people who may or may not be on for the right reasons. So I always say when I'm vetting out who I want on or what, what we might actually do, what we can discuss, I'm always looking at the platform, the experience, and what can we both gain from this. And hopefully it's all in the same direction. And that's what I think about with the show. Yeah, I, I've had several people when I reach out to them question my sanity because they're like, you are this person with this many followers and I might have 200 followers. Why do you think I'm worthy to be on the show? And I truly believe anyone could come on to a positive talk and share their authentic journey and inspire others. But sometimes it's nice to bring people on to help them see what I can see when I look at them and kind of help them kind of gain that power. And it's happened a few episodes where I started to kind of hear some self-limiting talk within the interview and I would just erase that from their mind. I'm like, no, we're not going to have that here. And it's kind of nice to kind of share that space and kind of show other people how easy it is just to let people know of their light that exists. I think that that's something that is really important right now in this world. Like if there was someone that used to shine really bright and you don't see them shining anymore, they might need some help to reignite themselves. And I think as humans, we are often seeking others to feed us compliments or feed our fire. Uh, and we forget how easy it is to just go through life and kind of remind people of their own light and just watch them kind of like ignite again, because I mean, being a light, people want to put it out because they're in pain or it hurts to see someone else doing well. So when you stand as a light for other people, you do have people trying to put you out. So when there's people brave enough to kind of come up and be like, Hey, like, I appreciate what you're doing. It makes it all worth it because on the world of the internet, there's always the people who can kind of hide behind their screens and try to put lights out. But when you kind of stand side by side and encourage each other to keep going, like you get to celebrate all of your friends' successes. And it's a beautiful thing to see so many of your friends thriving and making a positive difference in the world. I 100% agree with that. I love to see people doing amazing things in this world. And so that's why I love this show. And I love having people like you on because people can look at you and want to emulate, you know, the light that you are obviously putting forth into the world. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that, Drummond. Yeah, I think that it's important for us to realize that we're here to ignite other people's lights, not to make them want to be us. Uh, I would never want someone to watch my show 
or my YouTube videos and go, man, I want to be just like him. I hope that my content inspires people to go, man, that dream that I really wanted for myself that I gave up on, I'm going to give it another shot and go out and do that because I think that that is where everyone's like light really will shine when it's the dream that they had for themselves because the path I've taken is a path that has been a long journey of self-discovery, but it's been something that I found my passion and I'm able to thrive in that because it's something I really love doing. Whereas maybe someone who's a painter or an author or someone who wants to make a difference in the political world, like you have to chase that dream that just feels so right, uh, despite all the things that tell you that you might not be able to achieve it. That's 100% correct as well. And I feel like it goes into my next question I wanted to ask you, which were, can you give me five either passions, hobbies, or interests that you love doing the most? It's something that really inspires you each day. So I will definitely say being a country boy, uh, my all-time favorite things pretty much exist outdoors. I love being able to escape into the mountains uh, when I lived in places without mountains, like I felt like I was kind of stripped of part of my identity. There's nothing better than kind of going on a hike and getting to the top and just being above so many things and getting to see the world from a higher perspective. So hiking, kayaking, uh, traveling is something I absolutely love doing just because it unlocks so many different things. You get to explore new parts of the world. You get to explore new cultures and things that you're not familiar with and the people that you kind of get to connect with. I'm a little bit of an introvert, but when I'm in my point of thriving and traveling and just existing, like I just kind of unlock this little introvert that just wants to know and get to know everything around me. And I just start talking to people and it's just a beautiful thing to kind of unlock. So not sure if that was five, but like all my passions kind of lie within those few things. I love that as well. And see, I'm introverted in my personal life. Like in my career, I have to be extroverted. So I always remind people, I'm like, I exert so much energy in my career, but <clears throat> I love being introverted and saying, hey, if I can just sit within myself for a few minutes and just be able to kind of take a deep breath and, and make the right choice for myself or saying, hey, when I'm spending time with someone, I'm actually investing it more than spending. And so I'm learning how to change the verbiage even in my own head of how I want to invest my time. And then also the the hobbies that I enjoy. I love reading. I love um, I used to love going exercising all the time. So I'm gonna have to get back into that. That was something I really enjoyed. But bowling was something I grew up doing with my grandfather. And so that was something that always put a smile on my face. And as I get older, I'm like, you know what, why am I not doing that? Like, I can go back to doing it or even coaching, like I used to coach basketball. And I'm like, these are things that I can still do, you know, and I just need to make time for it. And so I, I love that you brought up you know, still being introverted, but still doing extroverted type activities. And I feel like there should be a balance for each person if that works for you. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely days when I've overexerted myself on being an extrovert. And 
coming back to my quiet space and pulling out like my books and just kind of reading like books give you just as much perspective as going out into the real world and gaining it through just the experiences you live through. So books are definitely where I retreat to when my introvert itself is like, Hey, extrovert, you need to take a rest and let me kind of gain back some of the energy I need to exist. So I always tell people like when I move, like most of my boxes are full of books and I I did a huge like move here recently and I was able to get rid of tons of clothes and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get rid of some books and I ended up getting rid of like three books and I was like, I just can't get rid of the books. I'm like, there, there's too many things in these things that I might want to refer back to. So I've definitely got a connection with uh, knowledge through reading. I mean, reading is definitely power and I I love to read books. I want to recommend a book if you've never heard of it before that really was an important book for me. Okay. So um, have you heard of Spencer Johnson before? If I have, I'm not familiar with the name. Okay. He wrote Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have not. So that's a really good one. And then he wrote a book called The Present. And those two are written in like parable form, but it really is so helpful. And I love both books because they're short reads, but you can see life experiences through the books. So those are two I would definitely recommend if you ever have time, just like for a short read. Um, And then one of my favorite books when I was growing up was And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. which I love, love, love yeah. any of those types of books because it helps you go into a fantasy world where you can kind of feel like you're living it through that experience. But I will never forget reading that when I was in sixth grade. I'm like, why did they have us reading this in sixth grade? But it really helped me to really have a love for the art form of writing. And so for me, I just love to go and transport myself to a different place, which is why I love Harry Potter so much as well. Um, but it just reminded me of when you talked about books, that sometimes you need that self-empowerment book or you might need something that's romantic or fantasy or comedy, you know, whatever mood you're in to have those books there already set or audio books or however people, you know, want to read or listen. And that helps you to feel centered and grounded for that moment. And so what I like to do when I read, I'll just break it into sections. And that way I don't feel like I have to rush through it, but I really get to enjoy the experience of what I'm reading and then also talk to other people about, you know, what did I learn from it and maybe even make it into um, an exercise. I've done it in counseling before with um, Who Moved My Cheese and I had clients actually act it out and had to play different roles. And so for me, it helped me to understand it differently, but also how other people interpreted the book helped me to grow as well. Yeah, I 100% agree when it comes to using different types of books, because there are times when the world is just too much to deal with, like the Supreme Court decision yesterday, like that drained me and I knew I needed to be there for my closer friends that I knew it impacted in a, a lot bigger way than it is impacting me as a white male. And I was just like, these life coaching books are great. These autobiographies are great, but I need a fictional book that is kind of like a fairy tale world where 
none of this current situations exist in just to kind of reconnect there. Like people make fun of me because I usually have like four books sitting on my nightstand and they're like, you can't read four books at the same time. And I'm like, I can, because there's days when like sitting down and reading like Barack Obama's autobiography, like I'm sitting there learning about his presidency and the things he was going through, but that can be a lot when we're currently experiencing what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on here in the U.S. So I switch over to a fictional book where it's just like, you know what? Learning about wizards and warlocks and all these different things, it's not so bad. <laughs> like, let's, let's just kind of look at that as an escape. And it's crazy how sometimes fictional books, like the heroes in those books, like they teach you really important lessons and... I agree when it comes to working with my clients, sometimes just getting them to interpret a book that you also know a lot about and just kind of hear how they interpret it and which characters they can relate to and how certain situations like panned out in their mind. It's pretty much unlocking kind of a subconscious storyline that is really hard to kind of get through in some ways with people. And I think like that also shows them that you are looking into their lives from an experience of, I would just want to almost be like just a supportive parent without actually playing a parental role. And I'll use an example of that. When you assign someone, let's say to read this or write a letter or do something specifically, you're, you're cheering them on because you feel confident that they can actually achieve that task and, and be able to unlock something that maybe they've had hidden for so many years, but you don't want to do it for them. Because a lot of times when we, we push people so far and we do it for them, then they're expecting or their expectations for themselves might lower or they're expecting you to always be there. And sometimes when you have to disconnect or let's use example, if a counseling experience ends or if that person moves and they're, or they've grown to a point where they don't need you as much, sometimes they can long for you to to be there and do things that maybe you aren't capable or ethically sound to do. And so I always just remind people of that we are in this world to build connections and have experiences. And even if it's for a limited period of time, that's okay. But it's about remembering what you've actually gained in that experience. And then also what are you putting forth the effort as a human being? So that way, when you meet someone new, that you can continue to build in that relationship or you can start to maybe ask for things from others that maybe you were afraid to ask for before. And so I, I love that about counseling. And I think, as you mentioned, like even with empowerment coaching, life coaching and behavioral coaches, there's so many different avenues and there's room at the table for all of us, you know, to still work together. Um, and I love that. Yeah. I mean, the amount of coaches that I've met through my social media, as well as things like Clubhouse, where I just kind of bumped into tons of amazing people. Like when you can work together and not have that fear mindset of there's not enough people. If I share my secrets with this person, uh, then I will not be successful. Like I've found working with other coaches is just like this, enlightening experience that then you can take what they're doing with whatever specific group of people they work with and you can take it to your people that you work with 
And I mean, I've definitely bumped into a few people who have that limiting belief of, oh, I can't share this information with you because it's my top secret formula. And I'm like, oh, it sounds like you need to practice some uh, self-limiting belief exercises to remove that thought process because I'm one of those people that if I think a person I'm working with would be better with another coach based upon the knowledge I know about them, I would rather send them there and open up a spot for someone who's going to get the most out of working with me. And I think that that's something that everyone should learn how to practice. But unfortunately, a lot of people live in that self-limiting belief mindset, even as coaches and counselors. You're not lying about that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times back in the beginning of my career where I, I don't mind sharing any information that I have because I feel like there's things that I do and there's a way I interpret things that's going to be different from others or the way my experience in a group or individual session is going to be different. But I can't tell you how many times you would sit in a room with someone and they're like, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to share this with you. I'm just going to do it my way. And I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. As long as the, the client is getting what they need, that is the most important thing to me because that's why we're in this field is to help. But I never want to get to a point where I feel like I can't grow or learn from someone or be open to constructive feedback. And so for me, I love for someone to to sit down and we can sit at a table together and just throw ideas out there. And then it's similar to like a case study and just see what's going on and how could we see it differently or play the devil's advocate of, you know, yeah, this is how I normally would handle this. But as we grow and we mature and we go through our own experiences, we, we kind of learn a different way of thinking and, and a different way of listening. And I think active listening skills are just important in life, but it's definitely important in, in the line of work that you and I are in. And so um, sometimes people need that internal validation just to make sure that they're, you know, pleasing themselves by saying what they've done and, and that's what they need to build themselves. But for me, I don't need that. I always say I create, you know, in the moment. And sometimes that being authentic in that moment helps people because they feel like, hey, you're not only human, but you're able to go with the flow. And that's why I love this show because, you know, we can have a list of questions and we can still talk about other things because that's where the conversation needs to be, you know, taken to. So I, I love drumming that you're able to do that because that makes you not only human, but people can feel that authentic authenticity from you, which I think is important as well. Yeah, I, I think that anytime that I sense like a hint of jealousy or a hint of fear in my life, that that's an opportunity for me to do some more work on myself and do healing for myself because we all have those self-limiting beliefs but I've learned that taking actions based upon it and uh, making statements from self-limiting spaces um, never serves me. So whenever I feel like that tingle of, ooh, I, I don't know if I want to do this, I'm like, now why is that? Oh, you're scared of something? Why are you scared of that? Oh, it's because something that happened once upon a time. And I'm like, okay, now let's list off 10 people that have been successful in this thing that you're scared of. Okay, if those 10 people can do it, why can't you? And I just coach myself out of that space. And sometimes you just need a little bit of that from someone else as well, so that you can kind of get out of your head. 
but it's definitely something that the more you do it, the more you practice, and even the more clients you work with, you start to kind of heal yourself as well because sometimes you unlock a place that you still need healing in when you come across a client who's struggling with something and you can really relate to it. So I I definitely think every day is a growing process and don't ever think that you're too good to learn something from someone else because even a perfectly good stranger on the street can teach you something if you give them the opportunity. That's right. And it kind of goes into my next question for you. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, you can even use some parts of what you just mentioned if you would like to. What would you say to young drummer? I would let my younger self know that as much as I think my struggles are my own, if I shared them with the people around me, mostly people like middle school, high school, I would have felt a lot less alone in life in my early years because coming back to Virginia after being gone for so long and reconnecting with people that once upon a time I looked at as, wow, those kids are too cool to be my friend. Like those people were looking at me and seeing my relationship with my family and my sisters as something that they wish that they had. And I'm sitting there looking at their life and wishing I had what they had. And had we just been brave enough to be authentic and say, man, I wish I had what you had, we would start to realize that what we see is not always what's actually there. And I think for so long we live alone when we could be so connected and create really strong friendships. Like most of my really strong friendships didn't come until college and after college. So for me, I would just want my younger self to just step into his power sooner and make more friends and connections with the people around him that once upon a time, he felt like it was an impossible thing for this, that, or the other. And the friendships that could have existed um, earlier in life just didn't exist because I was too in my head and thinking that I was so alone in all the things I was struggling with. I love that advice because I think, as you mentioned, like being brave and bravery can stem from just going through those experiences and fear plays a huge role when we face everything and we can learn to recover. Um, That means that we have to remember why we're being brave in this moment. And I think, as you mentioned, our brains, um, unfortunately, they don't develop fully in those age ranges that you were mentioning. So we're going through experiences based on assumptions, based on our personal experiences in the moment of what we see in others. And sometimes it's hard to have an introspective look in our, into our own lives because of the bubbles that we've been either um, put in or when we finally do burst out of the seams and we're able to do other things, we have to then navigate, did this childhood, did this experience actually end up hurting me or was it a lesson that I, it taught me things I needed as an adult? So I, I love that you said that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people that when it comes to our child mind, we create these monsters. And if we don't go back as an adult and reevaluate those monsters, 
we could spend the rest of our lives running from something that as an adult, if we took the time to look back at it, might just have been a shadow that was casted by something else. And it's important for us to realize that the way we interpreted the world, the way that we interpreted our parents and the people around us, it's very different when you go back and look at it with all the new information you have as an adult versus the way you perceived it based upon the very limited information you had as a kid. And it's crazy to think that even adults now are running from something that was so trivial as a kid, but we made it into something big for whatever reason as a child, just because we didn't have a better way of understanding that situation at the time. And I, I think that it's a huge part, like you said, running away from and sometimes going through those experiences can be really difficult, especially from being a kid to being an adult. But I wanted to mention something else, another book for you to kind of check into. <laughs> See, I'm just including books for his book collection. That's all you guys. Uh, <laughs> my, my bookshelves are not happy with you right now. They're already like, stop putting them on here. They're going to be all right. <laughs> so there's a, one of my favorite books. It's called Taming Your Gremlin. And if you have not heard of that one, it's by um, an author, Rick Carson. And I, it's a really great book about getting mm. out of your own way. So if you get an opportunity to look at that one, it talks about gaining freedom from self-defeating behaviors and beliefs. And so he came up with a gremlin like taming method that he used. And I thought it might be a really good thing to use in coaching too. So if you want to check it out, some really cool stuff in the book. Awesome. I just put it on my notes for books to look up. I looked at the cover on Amazon real quick and <laughs> the gremlin definitely looks like one of the monsters that kids can kind of create in their mind for things that as an adult, we might be able to look at in a different way. Absolutely. I have two more questions. I'm going to combine these last two for you, Drummond. And first of all, thank you for giving us this time to talk in this space. We really appreciate that as well. Um, but my, my last two questions yeah. are, um, how can our listeners find you online and what is next for you? So you can find me online uh, under Drumming Culture on pretty much every platform. Uh, even my website is drummingculture.com. And that kind of gives you access to me as a coach, as well as all my positive talks uh, have been moved over to my website. If people sign up to be a member, which is, it's free to do, you have access to all 200 plus episodes that I've done with all my amazing guests. And then of course, YouTube is another place to find some of my content that I've created over the years. If you want to see what little baby Drummond looked like when he first started making YouTube videos. You can scroll back far and see and watch the growth process. I kind of like doing that every once in a while to kind of see uh, the growth. And a lot of times messages I said as a younger me uh, really resonate with me today and help me remind myself of some of the things that maybe I'm struggling with now that Younger me had a little bit more of a grip on at the time, but it's kind of nice to kind of see that on YouTube. Uh, Instagram's a newer platform, so my positive talks are pretty much 2020 and on. But when it comes to where I'm moving towards career-wise, 
I'm really focusing on coaching. Uh, I've really found this is where my passion and heart is. So because of my social media following, I've always had a very LGBT-based following, and therefore most of my clients are very LGBT as well. But my coaching is mindset and self-empowerment, so there's no limits to the type of people I can work with. Uh, I've been trying to branch off and do marketing to where uh, I'm not using my social platforms to pull in new clients uh, just because I feel like when it comes to social media, there's a certain aesthetic and goal that I have there. And it's starting to separate a little bit more from what I'm doing with coaching. So as soon as this pandemic starts to kind of make it a little bit safer for people to meet in large areas, I would love to kind of be in a space where I can host seminars for people to show up for a weekend. And because I think the biggest thing for me that I've found with all the clients that I work for is creating a community of people who have the same mindset of wanting to grow. I think that the biggest setback in everyone's life when it comes to personal growth is being surrounded by people who aren't ready to grow. And I've learned that if you aren't surrounded by people who are in the same process of growing, uh, it can really stunt you from continuing to chase and grow towards your goals. So I'm really working on building community, uh, working on a book that's literally about the community I built for myself to kind of help people understand the importance of things when you're building and starting a community, the things that you should look at. So be looking out for the book. Uh, I'm pretty much at the publishing stage of it now. I've been looking at all the different options I've got there. And when it comes to the seminars, I'm doing one-on-one coaching now. I've been doing small group coachings for businesses that are interested in kind of resetting their work environment to be a more self-empowering space. And then, of course, eventually I would love to have those larger seminars where we can all get together and hug one another and be in close contact without fear of uh, getting anyone else sick. Well, I'm definitely inspired by you, Drummond. Like I said, I really appreciate you being who you are and sharing your experience and your time with us, because I feel like there's a lot of things I'll be able to listen back to this later and be able to write notes from what you said and be able to use in my own life. And I feel like that's what I really appreciate about you as a person outside of just what you do in your career is because you've done the work which has allowed you to create this avenue for so many people who may have felt that they didn't have it within themselves to see positivity or to experience life from a different experience. And so you are doing amazing work and we're just glad to have you here on Black Canvas. I would love to have you back in the future if you're ever interested in coming back and sharing and we can talk about whatever you choose. But I'm just so glad that you came here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And if you ever want to give a shot of coming on to a positive talk, feel free. I would love to have you. Anytime you tell me a date and time and hopefully I know weekends are really great for me. So if you ever have a weekend that you're needing me, I definitely would love to kind of talk and 
So maybe I can tell a little bit more of my story. A lot of people want to learn a lot more about things going on. So I would love to maybe share some experiences growing up in New Orleans and after Katrina and things that I've experienced. And maybe it might help inspire some people, especially um, my audience of people of color who have a hard time being able to talk and experience things. I think that this is just a great avenue to be able to share between your platform and mine for us for people to realize you can talk and you can share and it's okay and this is a safe space and so we're just grateful to have you and I would love to be there if you need me awesome yeah I will send you my calendar and we can set up a date because I I would love to hear more about your story and thank you so much for giving me a space to kind of share some of mine with your audience Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our campus. Well, we thank you so much, Drummond, for being on the show and we'll talk soon. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You as well. All right. Thank you. (laughs) 